The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com and also the iTunes podcast. Just put that little at symbol in there and also put that before Chris Sheeran, yes, and Lou DiPietro, yes, and you could find the two uh, dudes who do this podcast on the Twitter machine. How good is that? Doesn't get any better than that. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag yes network. Hashtag do it. I guess. That's what we do on the Facebook page. Do it. Do it. Johnny Walker, red and neat. Do Do it. it. Do it. You can't do my character. Anyway, hi, everybody. So long drive to Scranton. It's a lengthy one. And and it's the best part about the drive to Scranton is um, the like hour and a half of wilderness between yeah. where you get off like the throughway and where you get back on like whatever it is when you get off 84 81 I guess it is yeah that hour and change on 84 through the wilderness just nothing no cell service nothing the, there's a gas station I believe in Lake Ariel Pennsylvania that's like the mecca of it's like an oasis in the middle of the desert it seems to be where I always stop for gas there isn't even an, no there, there's 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 nothing there's, I think there might even be a Burger King there. There's trees. There might be a hidden trailer with a banjo. There's just trees. Weird. I remember one time going out there with uh, way back in the day with a couple of coworkers, and, and one of whom was from the Nipah area. And Lake Wallen Popak is out there. And I was like, oh, that's a funny name. And she was like, well, we used to hang out there in high school and this and that. And I'm like, you used to hang out at the lake? That sounds awesome and awful all at the same time. Like... Good times during the summer, not so much in December. Is that like driving a makeout point? I guess. Would that be know. akin to that? Because Marty and uh, Jennifer wanted to go to the, the lake. The lake. I don't know. You know, he, he was all messed up because the truck got banged up. That and... was also the road trip where me and Oriema decided that Just Another Day by John Sakata is the greatest song you can listen to at one thirty in the morning on the drive back from Scranton in the middle of nowhere when you're both just like completely zonked out. Well, thank God it kept you up. Yeah. Got you home. Mm-hmm. But uh, went out there for Swisher yesterday, and that will air on Saturday on the uh, At Yes Network. Oh, I will be at the stadium on Saturday. So you'll hear it. You won't, you'll won't. you see it. You won't hear it. Uh, but you'll see the many um, gestations. The facial expressions of Nick Is Swisher. Is that right? Yes. Uh, the many faces of Nick Swisher and... Um, just such a positive dude. I mean, everybody knows that, but going through the two knee surgeries and, you know, getting cut by the Braves, uh, he said something off camera, which I'll tell you off mic when we're done with the uh, podcast, but just a regular dude, man. And he knew he wasn't done. He got let go, got cut by the Braves. He said he drove from Orlando to Tampa. And during that drive, that hour and a half drive from Orlando to Tampa, he just basically told himself, I'm not done yet, you know, and that's, that's what's in the head of a competitor. You know, he could have easily hung it up, Mm -hmm. went home. And I did ask him off camera too, not in the interview, if he had any aspirations to be in broadcasting. And since it's not going to be in the piece, because it wasn't, it's probably on the tape, but we were just rapping back and forth. So, you know, we're not going to use it. Um, He didn't seem that into it. I said, you have the personality. It seems like it would be a fit. He goes, yeah, you know, I'm just not there mentally. This can, guy still wants, to, he still wants to play. He wanted to be with the Yankees in the Bronx. But he did say, not in the interview also, whether it's here or someplace else, I'm not done yet. Yeah. And he really believes that. So good for him. You know, I can see that with, with his mental state, with the, the broadcasting, too. I mean, he's such a personality and such an upbeat kind of guy. But I don't know. It's going to sound weird to say, but, like, not that he wouldn't want to put in the work required to be an analyst. But, like, he's just much more of a laid-back kind of kind of vibe guy. I don't know if he would necessarily be up for the grind of, of the TV game. You know what I mean? Like, he, he might be a good studio personality kind of thing. He might enjoy that, but I, I don't think that's his personality. You know, you mean for an entire game? Yeah, like, for his, for an entire game, that's just that doesn't seem to fit his personality. Like, you know... I could see studio analysts, too, yeah. because it's quick, bit and out, you know, done. Yeah. Uh, but we had a great conversation, talked about his family, talked about the comeback, talked about his knees, talked about... You know, what Scranton's like, what what it's like to be back in the Yankees organization. So 
The question is, it'll be good. The big question is, as many rehabbing players do when they're on rehab assignments uh, and they they finish, has he used any of that fifteen million dollar paycheck from the Braves to up the spread? Post game in the I, SWB locker room. I, I didn't want to bring up the money. I didn't get into the money or anything. <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of guys do that. They, uh, you know, when they go down in rehab assignments, the last day they're there, they kind of, you know, treat the the team to a, a nice post game spread uh, as a thank you for you know putting up with them. Did give he did give me some, uh, John Sadak, the play by play guy for the Rail Riders, and also the PR uh, person for the um, Scranton. He said after the first couple of at-bats, he just didn't have his timing. It just, it just wasn't there. And he struck out, and he started laughing. And I asked him about that. I said, why did you laugh after you struck out? He said, because I want these kids to see that a couple of at-bats don't define you, and you can't let that get into your head in your next at-bat. You know? And now he's you know, going into last night. He's hitting 400. He was yeah. 6 for 14. He hit his first home run, and he smoked it. Mm-hmm. Off of uh, Drew Hutchinson. Drew Hutchinson, yeah, so, a, a brand name pitcher, is, as they would say. Right. I mean, he's a major. He's he's been in the majors, so it's not like he hit it off some rag arm down in Triple A, uh, not doing anything with his life. I mean, he hit it off of Drew Hutchinson and he smoked it into the uh, right field, like porch yeah, portion of the, the ballpark. The, what, what you would know is the Pepsi porch. Yeah, in that. Some other stadium. I just didn't want to give Pepsi the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the free plug, but um, well, in Scranton, it's it's named after somebody. There's like the Margaritaville Cafe or something out there, right? It's, it's I think a, that's left field. Is it left field? Okay, right field. Uh, and I also learned too board. from our friend of the podcast, Gina Source, who who's doing marketing and and, and PR for them. Also, uh, they had a dog appreciation night, so it was a dollar ticket for your dog. Kind of like a bark at the park deal. A dollar ticket for you. And then a dollar hot dog. And you got to sit on the grass in the outfield. Oh, nice. How cool. This That's is, pretty cool. This is why I love the minor leagues. See, minor league baseball is great. And we've talked about this a lot. Just various things we've done and gone. Like, it's just there's always something fun going on. There's always a promotion of some sort. It's, it's more family entertainment than it is baseball at times. Because I don't want to say the baseball is secondary. But there's a lot of times that, especially with, with higher prospects, that... The, their development necessarily o- overtakes the the team's desire to win. And like, you know, it's not like this is the stretcher and we got to do this. It's like, well, we're calling up. You know, Scranton's leading their division, but we're calling up everybody to New York because it's September first, and we need the reinforcements. So it is what it is. You know, so they they find ways to be creative and family friendly and make it an atmosphere as much as a game. I, I know it's a trek. Listen, from from where we are, it's two and a half to three. It was over three on the way home uh, because we ran into some rush hour traffic by the bridges. But if you have the opportunity, there's two hotels at the top of the mountain where the field is in the valley. You could get a hotel, stay the night, take in a couple of games. There's a Waffle House out there, too. I I know that. And then drive back home. Yeah, It's a beautiful park. The people are very friendly that are there. Um I partook in the team store, which was tremendous. <laughs> I got my uh, Rail Rider hat, my workout shirt. I was a happy boy. Got the girl something, too. I have a, I have a hat. I, I, that's, that's my calling card is every time I've gone to an affiliate gotta get a the hat. first time I bought a hat. Got to get a hat. That, so I, I rock them at, like, various events. You know, I go to a Yankee game rocking, like, a Rail Riders or a Staten Island Yankees hat. It's a little different. And last night they shut out Buffalo. Aaron Judge had a big three-run homer. Uh, he's tearing the cover off the ball early. Yep. Uh, ben Gamble's not doing too shabby at the outset of the season. The only one really struggling out of those big four guys down there Gary is Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Yeah, he's not doing so hot. But, um, you know, I'm thinking that if he is controlling that pitching staff, I mean, he's doing exactly what the Yankees need him to do, and the hitting will come. I yeah. mean, it, he'll The hitting's hit. never been his worry. He'll hit. Yeah. Um, they got a new uh, a new executive now down there in SWB today. They they announced I saw that. Uh, Ross Kanzler, yes. who played for them uh, two years ago, was in spring training with the Yankees a couple times. One of those guys that's on the the list of guys who were on the forty man roster but never played for the team mm-hmm. when he was added and then deleted, kind of like Lane Adams and Ronald Torres this year um, with their time. Uh, he's now their new. Uh, Business development executive they announced today, so that's cool. He's from Hazleton, PA. Yeah, so it's good for so him. So local guy. He's only thirty, 
Uh, he was drafted out of high school in 2003, I believe. So he's only 30, but not not much going in the way of good offers, I guess. And he decided to come home and, and start his career as an executive. So good on him. Absolutely. And uh, you'll see, like I said, you'll see that piece on Swisher. Uh, and I talked to Jack Curry a little bit. And, you know, it, it's going to be hard for him to get up here. The only... The only feasible way for him to get up here, and we talked about this a little bit. We touched on it in the last podcast, and Jack put a little bit more of light on it. But it's got to be an injury. Yeah. Because as far as Jack is concerned, the Yankees like Ackley. And, you know, unless they cut Ackley or DFA him and bring Swisher up, but then you're bringing up another guy, he's a first baseman. He really can't – you can't put him in the outfield. Yeah, he's not necessarily a defensive replacement for Beltran type. Right. He was a little, a little healthier – for lack of a better way to put it, maybe, but you know, he might not have the chops to do that on a regular basis anymore. Um, could straight be a straight first base DH, but you know, if something happens to Alex, you know, that's a possibility. That's a possibility to bring we him in about up off that the bench. Too, yeah, Yankees have plenty of guys they could put on the sixty-day DL um, to, to open that forty-man roster mm-hmm. spot. I don't believe Greg Bird is on the DL. They could always call up Rumbelo and throw him on the sixty-day what's, DL as what's well. What's Mason Williams? Uh, what's his progress? <laughs> I have not heard anything of late since the season began, but he's still down and down and extended, getting ready. And, and he's and on the forty, it. right? He's on the forty. Okay. He may or, he he should be back by, I guess it would be June fifth or so when the sixty day would kick in if it was right. retroactive. Actually, a little earlier if they put him on as of I think March twenty fifth was the retroactive date for DL stints. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's. I mean, like I said, Rumbelow had Tommy John surgery, so if, at the cost of giving him a year of service time, or five months of service time, or whatever it may be, he could be. You know, they did that with Domingo Herman last year at the end of the season to open up the forty man roster spot. So there's ways. Well, the AAA club is in first place. The uh, big league club, yeah, not I, so right much. now the way Swisher's hitting, he'd be a welcome addition to the right. lineup. It seems right, Another, especially with runners in scoring position. They're now two for forty two on this homestand. Two for 42, and I did the numbers um, here. They beat the Blue Jays in their first game up in Toronto Mm 3-2. They were one for 10 with runners in scoring position. They lost 7-2 in the second game of that series. They were one for seven. They lost 4-2 in the series finale. They were one for five. Then they come home. First game against Seattle, they lose 7-1. 0 for 12 mm-hmm. with runners in scoring position. It was 3-1 in the fifth inning, 4-1 in the sixth inning of that game. So still, they had a shot to get back into yeah, that Yeah, the Mariners contest. put up a picket fence in yeah. the late innings. 1-1-1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. um, next game, 3-2 lost. So they lost by one run, and they were 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Finally, they get a win against Seattle on Sunday, 4-3. They were 1 for 11. With runners in scoring position. And then last night, the uh, Tuesday night game against the Oakland A's, they went into extra innings. 3-2 loss, 1-7. for seven. So the last seven games, the Yankees are 2-5. and five. They're 5-64 five for 64 with runners in scoring position. That is a point .78 average. Say, somewhere about .78. And they've been outscored over those seven games. 30 to 15. So they've been doubled up. And take away that those take away that 7 to 1 and it's 23 to 14. So it's not like they're getting creamed every night. They're not getting creamed. Look, 3-2 three, 3-2 two, three, two loss, 3-2 loss, 7-1 loss, 4-2 loss, 7-2 loss. Yeah. But in, in the first 7-2 loss against the Blue Jays, they're one for 7 and the second one, the 7-1 loss, they're 0 for 12. And that was a game. I mean, they get a couple of big hits in that game. That's a different game. Yeah, that's a different. Maybe maybe Girardi goes to his bullpen. You know, his big guys earlier. If they get some runs across, even the- one, even in that seven-one game, there was a situation in the fourth or fifth inning. I think we we talked about it where they had the bases loaded and nothing. Or second and third and yeah. three second strikeouts. And th- second and third with Carnes. nobody out. Yeah, yeah. Carnes. It was Just, Friday night. Yeah. And, you know, last night, too, I mean, the bullpen finally fought. Johnny Barbado finally allowed a run. He is human, ladies and gentlemen. Um, on, you know, a double and then a, a not even a bloop, a dribbler, wh- whatever you want to call yeah. Mark Canna's single. It just, I mean, it, it got just the job done. Got the job a big done right two off out the hit. Yeah, it's something the Yankees haven't been doing. It, it's kind of ironic that the Yankees get beat by a big two-out hit with a runner in scoring yeah. position. 
I mean, that's that's all it takes sometimes. They don't all have to be three-run homers to Death Valley. Now, Pineda gave you his best start to date. Six innings, seven hits, two earned, seven Ks, and a walk. He pitched good. Uh, he feel good. Curveball good. good. Curveball good. Fatball good. We love Big Mike. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but uh, driving out to Scranton and fully loaded with caffeine, both me and Roldan, by the way, we got into a huge New York basketball discussion on the way there and then on the way back it was all baseball and on the way back i had an idea they have this kangaroo court and i tweeted this out i don't know if you saw it no i don't think so but they have a kangaroo court. last night was the end of our dart season so i wasn't ah, i haven't been on active on so Twitter. good i'm getting you with i'm getting fresh with you okay. here kangaroo courts and baseball are basically in team fines for things that are done wrong. If we you, used to do it on softball right. as, a, as a fun. If you miss a bunt, you get caught stealing. You know, there's penalties. Maybe it's ten bucks here, ten bucks there, whatever. You, somebody has to buy somebody else dinner. I don't know what it is, what, what they do nowadays, but it's always been instituted in clubhouses. So I have an idea for the Yankees, and it goes along the line of Monopoly. Well, the way I played Monopoly when I was a kid, um, all the taxes and everything you had to pay. Went into the middle of the board, and if you landed on free parking, you got yep. the cash. Yep. So it's a fairly standard monopoly, right? Rule, I think. Right. So here's my idea: the Yankees starters have to go six innings. If they're able to do that with the lead and give the Yankees every opportunity, two runs last night by Pineda. This is a prime example. This is exactly what the Yankees. It's a quality stuff, start. This is exactly what they need to do. Six innings. Two earned. It's a quality start. Okay? There's no reason why against the Oakland A's, a team that was batting 177. I think there were, I think I saw five five guys in the lineup, 177 or less, and that team beat the Yankees. So draw your own conclusions for that one. But it was no fault of Pineda's. He, he leaves after six, two earned runs, seven hits, seven Ks, one walk. So the Yankees starters need to go six innings. If they don't, Pick a random amount of money. Kangaroo court. Okay. Pick a random amount of money. If you don't go six, you're taking money out of your pocket. You're putting into a pool. And the reliever with the best DRA, and you have to make a minimum of 40 innings. Okay. 40 innings. That's fair. It's one. It's one. It's pitching once every four days. That's fair. So minimum of 40 innings, the reliever with the best DRA gets the free parking money at the end of the year. Because guess what? If you're not last in six, you're hurting the strength, the lone strength right now of this team. Right now, it's a three-way race between Batances, Miller, and Shreve because none wouldn't, of them are allowed to run yet. Wouldn't that light a fire under your rear end if you were a starter and your manager came out and said that in the middle of the locker room? I don't, I don't know I how the Players so. Association would feel about that. Yeah, but. It'd have to be on the DL. <laughs> but You know, the Pineda thing, too, the, the two earned runs, I did, I did not watch the game until this morning. Okay. Because uh, where I play darts is Comcast Country. Oh, good. Um, so I, I could not see the game, but uh, the the ball that ticked off of Gardner's glove yeah, that ended up triple. being a triple. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one extra step he makes that catch, whole different ball game. Yeah, absolutely. So it really is one play sometimes that turns the tide. And I thought he was going to. I I thought for sure he had that ball. Two of the best defenders on the team barely missing two balls that ended up being the, yeah, the Didi, tying and game-winning runs. Didi and Gardner. And Didi played his rear end off at yeah. shortstop last night. He had a tough game last night, too, with the caught stealing and the, the he couldn't get a bunt down. He he had a rough night, but... Perfect example. I didn't, mean, Joe Girardi didn't came get out... get a bunt down. Joe Girardi came out and admitted that Jacoby Ellsbury has been having a bad week, as we said on Monday. And yeah. he sat last night against the lefty. But and of course the vultures were after him. Why is sitting him? Well, because somebody's going to sit against the lefty to get Aaron Hicks in the lineup. Exactly. We know exactly. Gardner did the first time. Gardner was hot. He stayed in the lineup. And Gardner, the longest tenured homegrown Yankee, sat on opening day exactly. against the lefty. And Ellsbury so. sits. Yeah. He has been disappointing though. He ha- he has not had a good season. No, so as, far. As but again, it's twelve games. It's 12 games. Our, our, our good friend and, and hot stove contributor, Chad Jennings from the Journal News, had, has an article up on the Low Hud blog today with some ideas to possibly spark the offense. Based on how Girardi's been tinkering with the lineup the last, uh, last week or so on this homestand anyway, moving some guys up, getting some, some things moved around, you know, and, and taking a look at that. So that's, that's worth a read if you're into the, the, the economics of, of lineup making, so to speak. 
Starlin Castro hitting you know, second in the top half of the lineup is among them as he did last night. Um, you know, Hicks was hitting on seventh mm-hmm. uh, last night. You know, maybe some more flip flopping in the middle, and and we'll see where we go from there. Maybe Dustin Ackley gets a shot somewhere. You know, if the rod is struggling, maybe Ackley gets a, a couple more turns at DH or first base. And, well, how and many at bats does he have? Five, seven, seven. Yeah, seven at bats and uh, what do they play? 12, 12 games. Twelve games. They're five and seven. Yeah, Twelve. Thirteenth was rained out. Yeah. Just seven at bats in twelve games. That uh, that translates if you if you extrapolate that out. Let's see. That's seventy and one hundred and twenty games. And then six. Yeah, he's gonna. He's on pace for like eighty five at bats. It's not. 90 at bats, something like that. It's not good. Not going not, not to work Not going to work here. Which is, uh, you know, this is, this is the, the thing about it. There's always going to be one guy on the bench that plays less than others, not including the backup catcher, because Austin Romine's job is clear. He's going to play against righties most of the time in, in stretches where, you know, McCann's played a lot, day games after night games, things like that. His, his, his playing time is a little bit more strategically deployed ahead of time based on health. There's always going to be one guy on the bench that doesn't get as much run as the others. And I think Girardi wanted to avoid that this year, which is why Hicks is getting in there a lot more, which is why Torres is playing fairly regularly. This year, it's Ackley. Last year, it was Garrett Jones, who was brought in as first base and right field and DH insurance in case you know something happened to Tex, something happened to Alex, something happened to Beltran. Beltran was the team's best hitter last year. Tex was healthy all the way until he broke his leg, by which point Greg Bird was here. And A-Rod was healthy all season and productive until mid-August to the point where Jones was simply released because he was never playing. That's the role, unfortunately, Ackley's been, been pushed into now. So we talk about an injury or the Yankees like Ackley. Like, that's almost kind of a perfect role for Nick Swisher at this point. But do you want to go there? I don't think he can just yet. No. I think he has not to, after twelve games. I think he has to hit to down in AAA. You can't yeah. just take a small sample size like now and and just scoop him up and bring him up now. You gotta gotta let see what you have. Uh, see what you have with him in the field too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're gonna see. I mean, I don't know what he did last night. I don't know if he DH'd if he played. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd have I don't to know. look that up. But I'm gonna keep monitoring that to see if they're if they do chuck him out. In right field or left R- field. River Avenue Blues does the prospect watch every year where mm-hmm. they pick one prospect and kind of do it. And mm-hmm. this year it's Caprellian. But uh, a lot of people in one of the comment sections after a Caprellian outing were like, we should do the Swisher AAA watch too, like you were, like you were mentioning. Cause yeah. it's, it's interesting. And th- the weird dichotomy of this is how it's both good and bad for Atlanta, the way they've gone. They released Swisher. They released Michael Bourne. All those the, – the hefty contracts – now Hector Oliveira is having his issues with the domestic violence allegations against him. They've lost three outfielders like that. You know, two weeks into the season, they're down three guys. But that's also opened up time for Malek Smith, who's one of their their top prospects, who's played fairly well so far. He's struggled a bit, as most rookies playing center field and hitting leadoff for a bad team would. But it's kind of a strange dichotomy where they've lost all these guys and it's kind of like, well, but, but it's the Braves. They're not really competitive this year anyway. So now they get a chance, an extended chance to see what they've got in one of their hopeful building blocks. Well, I'd be interested to see, you know, I think Swisher's drop dead date is what? June 15th. June 15th is opt out. And according to all reports we've seen. Right. And if he doesn't, get called up by that date, he can, he can say, I want out. Yeah. He can say, I want out. He can go someplace else. Uh, I don't think he wants to do that. From everything he told me yesterday, he wants to be here. Right. He wants to be back in the Bronx. That would be, he said, the perfect circle of life coming back here and actually getting back up there. He loves Yankee fans. And, you know, he loves all the support that he's getting from Yankee fans. He so. does, and they love him. And the Swisher salute one more time in right field. I'm sure, you know, yeah. Bald Vinny and the Bleacher Creatures would, would have a field day with that. Um, but then again, if something happens, you know, I'm just I'm just picking a team here at random, willy nilly, for the heck of it. If something happens to I don't know, Ryan Howard tears his Achilles again or something, and the Phillies are in the market for a first baseman pinch hitter, maybe a guy can play a little right field. That June 15 opt out comes along. Swish has got to weigh his options: Do I stick here and, and hope, or do I go back for that one major league shot, knowing that maybe I could come back here again if something happens. You know, if if the Marlins are looking for a guy like that, you know, if something happens to Justin Bauer or, again, like I said, just picking teams at random. You know, San Diego decides the Will Myers experiment isn't working out. They want to move him back to the outfield. You never know. So 
Well, you know, he, well, says, um, he says all the right things, but you never know. Yeah, I'm rooting for the guy. I, yeah. I don't care where he ends up. If it's in the Bronx, if it's anywhere else, it, you know, to, to go through that and uh, be on the other side of the knee surgeries and getting cut by the Braves when you think you're on the team and you're set. Uh, now, listen, the Indians are paying him $5 million. The, the Braves, Braves are, are paying him 10 so it's not like <laughs> well, not nine-ish now that he's well, getting the prorated minor league right, salary. right. But let's not split hairs yeah. here. He's fine. Why is he smiling, bursting out of the dugout in Scranton? Because he's probably the most wealthy person <laughs> in, in that stadium, in that area, in that area. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we, we we can say this about Swisher. He he still will always be part of one of the best, most lopsided trades in Yankees history. I I, I mean, not to demean Wilson Betamit, Jeff Marquez, or Johanny Nunez, Jeff Marquez. but uh, I think trading those three guys for Swisher back in two thousand nine uh, worked out pretty well. Yeah, it did. Uh, and, and he was originally supposed to be a utility and I, guy. I brought it up with him. I said, you know, when you came to the Yankees, you were a bench player. And then yeah. X-Man got hurt, and away we went. Nate Nady was supposed to play right field after coming over from the Pi- uh, Pirates the year before. Mm-hmm. They signed Tex shortly. Was it shortly after or shortly before the trade went down I was when they remember. signed Teixeira? So Swisher went from possible starting first baseman to bench guy to four-year starting right fielder on yeah. the world championship team. Yeah. Right? How quickly the tide can Can't turn. beat it. And he admitted he hated 2012. He didn't want to leave. Um, it's the economics of baseball, Right. Went to Cleveland, did what he had to do, had the both knees worked on. And it is what it is now. But he, he brought up that juxtaposition. Uh, you know, I'm trying to teach. He has a three-year-old daughter. And he said he's trying to teach her when... Life throws this stuff at you. You don't go in the corner and start crying and give up. Yep. You go forward. And again, talking about strange dichotomies, that's the SAT word of the day. 2013 was the year Tex missed most of the year because of the, 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 the wrist tendon injury. 2014 was fairly good but fairly unproductive. And then last year, you know, they signed Garrett Jones. So they've had Lyle Overbay and Vernon Wells and Garrett Jones and, I mean – I know Swisher was a four-year starter, but you look back at that contract, and I know he hasn't necessarily lived up to his end of that contract either. But you look back at that and wonder what how things could have been different if instead they just kept Swisher and said, you know what, all right, we're going to move you into the role we brought you here under the original pretense in 2009. And he was the guy that took over instead of Lyle Overbay. Again, not to Overbay, mean, not to meaning what Lyle Overbay yeah. and Vernon Wells did for the Yankees and Ben Francisco and those guys in 2013, but it would have been a lot, a lot different. You know, you wouldn't have had Juan Rivera here on a minor league deal late in the spring training. Once Tex got hurt, you, you would have known you had Swisher, and that was his one good year of the three so far before all the injuries really besieged him. So again, be on the lookout for that piece, which is uh, I have all the um, confidence in the world that super producer. Eric Roldan will do a tremendous job putting that together, and it'll be on the, t- the, the television for your viewing enjoyment uh, on Saturday's pregame show when the Yankees take on the Tampa Bay Rays. So, there Super you go. producer and new father, Eric Roldan. And new father. Yeah. And uh, Nick Swisher will be a father once again in July. Yes. Joanna Garcia, the lovely. The lovely and talented Joanna yes, Garcia. is uh, due in July, so, and it's another girl. Of, so we bonded over having two having girls. Having two girls. Yeah. Of Reba fame and other things. She's been in other things. I, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know she was in Reba. And Nick had a couple of uh, cameos cameos in her show, and he had one in um, How I Met Your Mother. So you know what? The iron was hot. He struck he's it. doing it. Yeah, and he's back. So, you know, Yankee fans who – Look, when you see this piece, you're going to love this guy all over again. You yeah. are, because he brings something to a team that not a lot of guys can. No matter what goes on in his life negatively, he spins it Unrivaled into enthusiasm he is the way I put it. He spins it to a positive. Shelly Duncan did that a few yeah. years back, too. He was kind of the... Shelly Duncan almost broke my arm in Scranton, giving me a high five. It was great. I loved it. Hey. Need a good ortho. If His it, dad would help you rehab it, though. If yeah, you could, yeah. you know, he's he's good with arms and pitching Dave? coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of lopsided trades, I, I was doing the numbers. I was going back and forth a little bit this morning on Twitter with uh, Jared Carabas, who writes for Barstool Sports, uh, one of the baseball mm-hmm. writers. He's Boston based, so he's mm-hmm. a Red Sox guy. Um, so that proves that Red Sox and Yankees 
media can have civil relations, even if the fans can't. Uh, well, the players do. Why, yeah. why shouldn't anybody else? But uh, Joe, Joe Kelly came out of last night's game after two thirds of an inning, shoulder impingements, going on the DL, got a long timetable, and the Red Sox are already, you know, like, oh, Sandoval's on the DL, two of our starters have said it. It's looking like the Titanic is going down again in Boston. So, so speaking of lopsided trades, I, I was going through this. You may remember a couple years ago when the Red Sox traded Lester to, was it Oakland at the time that they traded Lester to? I think it was, yes, I think it was John Lester and went then, to Oakland. And then they traded Lackey to, to the Cardinals to the a Cardinals. couple weeks later. So Lackey went 3-3 three and three with a 430 ERA and 10 starts, 60.2 innings the year he got traded in the, you know, down the stretch. 13-10, 277 ERA, 33 starts, 218 innings pitched, which do the math is like six and change innings per start. Finished in the top 10 in the Cy Young voting. This year, obviously, he's with the Cubs, but he's 3-0, 366 ERA through his first three starts. 22 Ks, which is unlucky. Like, he's never been a – well, I shouldn't say never, but lately, as his career's going on, he hasn't been a high K guy. Right. But, so still, very solid for the Cardinals. And mm-hmm. he pitched for the league minimum last year because of some weird clause in his contract. So it was, he was a cheap, awesome, mm-hmm. best partner in baseball. They also sent a prospect, uh, a pitcher named Corey, uh, Corey Luttrell, in that deal, he was nine and nine with a two sixty nine ERA and twenty seven games, seventeen starts, one hundred and thirty innings at high A last is he, year. Is he related to Lamar Latrell? He could be. I don't know. Uh, uh, this year, he's pitched five games in relief, six innings. He's got a point three one six WHIP and no ERA, so he's he's doing very well for for the Cardinals. Joe Kelly, four and two, four eleven ERA and ten starts in two thousand fourteen. Once he came to Boston. 10 and 6, 482 ERA and 25 starts last year, and he made a few starts in, in Pawtucket rehabbing an injury. This year, he's gone three innings, five innings, and two thirds of an inning in his three starts. He has a 935 ERA. He gave up seven runs in the first game in three innings. How many of those games were at Fenway? Two. And Alan Craig, the other big part of that trade, who looked like the next insert huge first baseman and or right field power prospect here until. Uh, a lovely woman by the name of Liz Frank took over his life, uh, just like Chin Ming Wong. Uh, hit 128 in 29 <laughs> games with the Red Sox in 2014. 152 with one homer in 36 games last year, and he's hitting 200 in Pawtucket this year through the first four games. Hit 274 in Pawtucket last year. He's making $11 million a year. He's not even on a 40-man roster, and he's hit. I'm not going to do the math because I don't know the exact hits total, but in 70-ish games in Boston, he's hit like 140. Wow. With 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 two home runs. And he hit four in Pawtucket last year. They got David Price. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell. In free agency. You know how you always hear Joe Girardi say on paper, on paper, on paper? This is why on yeah. paper means nothing. Yeah. The Red Sox looked better on paper. Got to play the games. That's obvious. Bets and Bogarts Bogarts aren't hitting. Two starters are on the DL. Kimbrell hasn't been great. There you go. That's why why they play the game. You play to win the game. Um, Speaking of Girardi, too, he wore uh, Daniela's T-shirt. He did. Last night. night. That was awesome. And uh, her mom started posting pictures everywhere. I was happy. You know, I didn't expect that to happen so quick, and it did. And uh, I want to thank the Yankees, Caitlin Brennan, Jason Zillow, Joe Girardi, uh, for making that happen because this kid started this charity when she was single digits, Mm -hmm. and now she's 13, and it's a flourishing charity with board members. Uh, What have you done (laughs) with your life? I I can tell you what I was doing when I was – I was playing wiffle ball when I was 13. The summer I turned 13, I was, uh, yeah, I was playing Babe Ruth baseball yeah. and uh, a lot of video games. She she visits sick kids in hospitals. She brings them presents. She bakes them cookies. It's, it's an amazing thing that she does. And if you want to check it out and you want to support them, go to daniellaswish.org. Daniellaswish.org. I, I believe it's one L. Yes. So... Yeah. And she was with us, with Jim Layritz at uh, World world of, world of No Longer Working With Me Anymore. <laughs> world of Not Going to Be Here Anymore Anyway. Yes, At exactly. the WAB. So, As they say at the WAB, don't get any on you. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a growing pains <laughs> reference. Before we go, and I know we've already hit the magic half hour, but before we go, I just want to bring this up. Eric and I, as I mentioned, had this New York basketball conversation and, you know, I would say around mid-season, 
and I think we talked touched on this a little bit on our podcast on Monday. And I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but mid-season, I thought the Knicks were in so much better shape than the Nets. So much better. And now, and I think we did talk about this, and I apologize, but I'm getting to a point that Eric and I talked about. I think about. we did with Devin a little bit, actually, yeah. The Nets have the foundation. Now they just need the talent. That I said, Phil Jackson, as long as he continues to be here... And as long as he continues to push this triangle offense, and as long as he continues to only want to hire a guy that is a disciple of the triangle, you're trying to fit a triangle piece into a circle hole. It doesn't look Michael Jordan. He's not coming back. He's not coming back in his prime to play for the Knicks. Neither is Scottie Pippen. Neither is Kobe Bryant. Neither is Shaquille O'Neal. The triangle worked because you had superstars. And this is not a knock on Carmelo Anthony. It's it's not. But I don't think he's even going to be here next year. Because I'm guaranteeing you right now, especially if the Heat are able to beat the Cavaliers at some point during the Eastern Conference playoffs, if that happens, LeBron James is out of Cleveland. You hear that, Doug Williams? Oh, it was so beautiful. He went back to Cleveland. Hey, Doug, remember what I told you? Yeah, it was a short-lived reunion just I, for the I, dog and pony show. Listen to me. It's going to happen. If the Cavaliers do not make the finals, he is out. He's leaving. He said it. He said it at the All-Star game. Well, Carmelo, myself, and you know D-Wade, we, we dream of playing together. Poor Chris Bosh. Guess, guess who's going to waive his no trade, and guess who will no longer be with the Knicks? And you can shoot all the negativity and vitriol at him as much as you want. He's the Knicks' best player. He is. Mm-hmm. Porzingis showed you it's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And it's his rookie year. I'm not going to get all over Chris Stapps for that. His first time playing in the NBA. What is he, 20? Yeah. He's got to get accustomed to the schedule. He's got to get accustomed to the, you know, the banging every night down low. I just don't see how the triangle is going to work in New York with the Knicks. And as long as this guy continues to be the president and general manager, this team will continue to move backwards instead of forwards. And, I've had it. Here's here's the thing that, that irks me about this, and it's it's funny, you know, you mentioned the Nets. I, I want to give props to uh, Excel, E-X-C-E-L-L-E, sports.com. Okay. Did a Q&A with uh, Sarah Kustak uh-huh. uh, a couple weeks ago talking about the new foundation and Sean Marks and, and things right as the, the Nets season was wrapping up. So they're, they're where they are, and you can go there and, and read Sarah's answers on that. Versus the fact that I mentioned that, that Craig Carton started a, whether it's a joke or not, a GoFundMe to buy Phil Jackson a plane ticket home. <sighs> it, it's kind of, you know, this is a team that was 22 and 22 at one point and finished the season 10 and 28. Anyway, point being is you're going to hire Brian Shaw. You just, look, I know he's been on benches. I know he was highly touted, or, you know, like my, maybe five years ago when Jason Kidd was coming to the Nets. But he's, he's, a, he's a triangle puppet, and it's, it's see-through. Right. It's, it's the same thing all over again. The, the point of where I was going with that is this. Phil will say, oh, well, look at the rings when people criticize him. But you played – listen, Carmelo Anthony is a great player. We, we know this, okay? He won those rings, the the, the – the 10 of them he has, was it 10 that he has? 11. 11, counting as two, uh, two as a player, right? He has Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and a whole bunch of guys that understood the offense, like you said, to, to, to credit for the first six. And Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Those are three guys that are first ballot, almost unanimous Hall of Famers. Big shot Rob. Yeah. They, and when like, he wasn't on the Spurs. They had, they had the supporting cast. They go, yeah. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Those are three first ballot Hall of Famers, unanimous, no doubt, slam dunk, unbelievable basketball players, two of which are are considered the greatest players at their position ever, and one of which is in the discussion for the greatest basketball player ever, period. Yeah. 
you can't you can't reinvent the wheel with parts that don't make any part of a wheel by themselves. It just doesn't work. Who's who's their point guard right now? Jose Calderon. Jose Calderon. Okay. Langston Galloway. I don't. I mean, give me give me a wing player that you fear on the Knicks. Sasha Vujicic. Aaron Aflalo. I mean, Aaron Aflalo is a nice fourth option on I, a good team. But he was too inconsistent. There were games that he dominated. There were other games where who a fla who what. Because look at the Denver teams and Orlando to an extent, too, because they weren't great, but that Aflalo played on. He was always the third or fourth option. He was a good enough defender and a dynamic enough scorer at times to be a good third or fourth option. What was he on the Knicks? Two? Two and a half? Yeah. Depending on if Carmelo was playing or not? And you're really – like he, the fact that he's entertaining the idea to have Kurt Rambis be the head coach – that right there should send Nick fans a message to take their season tickets and send them directly back to the garden. That guy has never succeeded anywhere as a head coach. No, his tenure in Minnesota, to say it was a disaster, would be shortchanging actual disasters. Did, did, wasn't he interim out in L.A. too? Yeah. After they fired Del Harris. <sighs> now, Luke Walton... Despite the fact that he's got a lot of fill, you know, fill ties as well, would have been a good choice. Depending Luke, on Luke what wanted, no part of it. Depending on what you read, though, and who you read, he says nothing was offered. It was, you know, I know Phil, and we talk. It was a friendly chat. <laughs> well, but that would have been a great target. Yes, it would have been. But if indeed there is any truth, validity to the fact that he did turn down an offer from Jackson, even though that would have been tampering to the nth degree, that should tell you something. No one wants to come here. Can you ma- like I said the last time, can you imagine a Nick job 20, 25 years ago if it was opened? There would be NBA coaches sprinting from the city they're in to get to the garden to be the coach. The Knicks last eight coaches, I, I, I'm struggling to do the, the dead math in my head, but Look, look at their last, we'll say maybe dozen, and just the names that have been there. Pat Riley. Mike Woodson. Jeff Van Gundy. Lenny Wilkins for a little oh while. Oh, my goodness. Uh, some, Don Nelson. Some some tailor-made, fantastic, wonderful Hall of Fame head coaches. Mm-hmm. And now nobody wants this job. Didn't Isaiah coach him for a little <laughs> I was trying to leave him out. <laughs> Isaiah I think they got fed up and said, fine, you made the mess, you coach yeah, it. He would have been a great fantasy basketball GM at that point, sure. although, although not really because the team stunk. I had that Jerome James contract work out for you. Eddie Curry. Ugh. Marbury, Francis, and, uh, oh my God. and the gang. Stevie Franchise. Stevie Franchise. Starberry, Stevie Franchise. <sighs> Marcus Camby was very serviceable. Jeremy though. Lin. Yeah, he had a cup of coffee. That, that's the most exciting thing the Knicks have had going for him yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> he could be a net next year. Yeah, he could. Lynn Sanity comes to Brooklyn. He'd be a decent enough facilitator who can score at times. Absolutely. He's a back. He's a great backup point guard. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want him? He's not a starter. He could start on a... He could... He's a starter on a team like the Heat had, where Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole were starting point guards. Yeah. That, that's what Jeremy Lin is a starting yeah. point guard on. Yeah. Or a really bad team going through a rebuild. And by the way... I mean, how, he's been, what, backing up Campbell Walker all year, so... How bad is the first round of the NBA playoffs? How bad Almost is it? Almost as bad as the first round of the NHL playoffs. Oh, my God, is it terrible. I know the Grizzlies are, are, are hurt. I get it. Conley's out. Um, Gasol yeah, is Gasol's out. Gasol's been out for two months, three months. The two months. S- the Spurs have a bye. They really do. So do the Warriors. Steph Curry didn't even play, and they, oh, won. they, they Houston, won handily. Houston's just mailing it in. And, you know, I, this doesn't compute with me. Like, it's everybody against James Harden. And you work a whole season. This, this to me, just proves that these guys don't care. All they care about is getting the check. That's it. They go out. They have their side things that they do, and we all know what they are. And they go out and play basketball, and they collect the check. They buy extravagant things. They don't give a rat's you-know-what about winning basketball games. Because if they did, they'd put all the differences aside when the playoffs start. You have an opportunity 
to beat the best team in the league, and this is the effort you're given because you have some infighting in, in the locker room. That that that's pathetic. As a compet, that's pathetic. You should turn your uniform in and never be allowed to play competitive sports ever again. The the fact that there's three and four days in between games too kind of. I don't know. How did the Bronx Zoo work out for the Yankees? Did everybody get along on that team? Did they win a freaking World Series or two? Yeah, they did. And they almost won three. Uh, The Hawks-Celtics, the the big draw in the East was supposed to be, can anyone stop the Cavs and Raptors? And the four teams that finished with the same record in the middle, how would they, you know, all this. The the Hawks could have played four on five in the fourth quarter last night and still won by double digits. They won by 17 as it was. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors won by nine without the best player on the planet. The only series that's been good so far is Mavericks Thunder. And yeah, and it took the the Thunder to you know Durant and Westbrook to go. What was it? Fifteen of fifty one yeah. for the Mavs to get a one point win, and they had to take a buzzer beater off the off the off board. The board to do. Here's here's the NBA playoffs so far, and I'm just going to go through this to illustrate the point, game by game. The Pacers beat the Raptors 100 to 90 in Game One, which was a huge upset to start the playoffs. Like it oh, was. It's like a 13 beating a four in the first game of March Madness. Team Drake. The Warriors beat the Rockets by 26 mm-hmm. that night. The Hawks beat the Celtics 102-101. Pretty good game. Yeah. The Thunder beat the Mavericks by 38. So two, <laughs> one huge upset, one really close game between two evenly matched teams, and two blowouts in the Western Conference. And by the way, Raymond Felton. After your boy D. Will limped to the bench, Raymond Felton had 21 and 15. So you move on to Sunday. Cavaliers beat the Pistons by five in a good game. The Heat beat the Hornets by 32. The Spurs beat the Grizzlies by 32. Mm-hmm. The Clippers beat the Blazers by 20. Mm-hmm. So if you were watching basketball on Sunday, you should probably find a new hobby. That, that's like watching C-SPAN. Then, yeah, then Sunday I, was like C-SPAN in the yeah. NBA. Monday night, the Raptors come back and beat the Pacers by 11. The Mavs-Thunder game, the 85-84 game. Right. The Warriors beat the Rockets by 9 without Steph Curry. And then last night, the Hawks win by 17 in a laugher, and the Spurs win by 26. We extended this to seven games. Why? You know what, NBA? Wake me up when the conference finals start. I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't get into it. Hockey. Wake me up. You know, no, not even that. Wake me up for Spurs Clippers and then win the conference final start because that could be a good yeah, series. Yeah, that could be a good series. But hockey, the Caps are mopping up on the Flyers and Philly in true Philly form. Actually, it'd be Warriors Clippers, I think, and Spurs Thunder would be the matchup. Oh, either way. Either, those will be okay. The, the East, I don't care about okay. until it's the, the next round. The next round. But the East, yeah. And it's going to be Heat Cavs. Can we just agree on that? It's going to be Heat Cavs. You think the Heat are going to take out the? You think the Heat are going to take out the Hornets? The Hawks? The Hornets? The Hornets? Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to take out the the Raptors. Oh hell yeah! Okay. It's going to be Heat Cavs. Wake me up when it happens, because that's what the- that's what everybody wants. Just like the NHL, uh, Victor Stahlberg took Chris Letang's stick across his face, bled, no penalty. That would have been a four-minute major, four-minute minor, sorry, four-minute minor, double penalty with like like eight minutes left in the game. But no, Rangers down a goal. Which is why Nick Mangold was was hammering Sidney Crosby. Oh, God, that was was great. (laughs) He had to be warned by security. Yeah. And Jet fans, if you're worried about Ryan Fitzpatrick not re-signing, stop. Yeah. He's going to re-sign. The NHL playoffs are what they are. I mean, they're it's the toughest playoffs in, in sports to win. The NBA playoffs being more than best of five it, in the first round, and maybe even the conference semifinals. But is my ludicrous. point is, the league wants the league wants Penguins Capitals. C- can we just say that out loud? Can we? They don't want the Rangers. They no. want the they want the pens and they want the Capitals. No, I mean they love the the Rangers Kings final because it was the two biggest media markets in the country. But I don't know. it just it, it gets it gets me irritated. Neither one of them right now hold any interest in me. And that, just, in, that includes the Rangers. I'm just upset because they only had 17 shots last night. Yeah, doesn't matter who's in goal. Four in the third period, and the closest one was 25 feet away by Kevin Klein. Not that I'm counting or anything. We were laughing last night because that's what we were watching because we couldn't watch the Yankees. And uh, 
you know, they mentioned the three goalies making their debuts in the same playoff series because Fleury's still hurt and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like Anti Ranta sounds more like a like like a bad Swedish hair metal band than a goalie, doesn't it? Now coming to the stage, please welcome Anti Ranta. <laughs> Hello, we are Anti Ranta, and we are here to rock your world. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded German, but whatever. You know what I, I, mean? I get it, but. I don't know. Uh, I, you know what? Before we leave this podcast today, I'm dunning the Rangers. This series is over. And last year, or no, two years ago, they were down 3-1 to the Penguins, and I was all about Mr. Positivity. And I, all my friends were posting on Facebook that the series was over. I was the only one saying, no, it's not. They're going to come back. They're going to beat them, and they didn't. Somebody was laughing at the end of Game 7, and it wasn't them. No, it was me. And I got they got to the Cup Finals. This year, going into a Game 4, they can't. A, they can't score at home. That was the first goal they scored at home, and it was shorthanded, by the way, by Rick Nash on a breakaway in 167 freaking minutes. Somebody somebody at the bar I was at playing darts said, Rick Nash scored a playoff goal. That's his second. And the guy next to him said, I thought it got a little cold in hell just now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. 17 shots, four in the third period, one goal. And the whole time they had that one single solitary goal, I was saying one's not going to do it. Nope. And guess what? I was right. The Rangers are done. It pains me to say it. Like I said on Facebook or Twitter, whatever I said it, I don't always take blood pressure medication. But when I do, the Rangers, the Rangers are in the playoffs. Well, at least we can take solace in the fact that the Flyers look like they're going to get swept. So, And their fans are... <sighs> really? They got their team a two-minute bench miner. For throwing bands for for Ed Snyder, oh the hell with the collectible on I'll the just... ice after one of their guys viciously cross checked someone into the boards to the point where he could have paralyzed. Yes, them. yes. And they wonder why people say Philly fans. They wonder why general people generalize about Philly. And I'm one fourth of a Philly fan. We know this. The Eagles. They wonder why people generalize them as just ruthless ruffians. And this is why I scumbags. will never ever again see any sporting event. One of the many reasons why I'll never go. I was in a working uh I was working the World Series in 2009 with Oriema and I had the Yes Mike flag and we were trying to do a live well not a live shot, you know, it's just the internet, but we were trying to do live to tape for a uh, post game wrap up. And we're doing it outside where the fans are coming down. They see the yes mic flag. We couldn't get a take in because the F-words raining down at us yeah. were so much that we just said, you know what, forget I've, it. I've told Let's you the story leave. about going to an Eagles-Giants game with a friend of mine who was A, female, B, in a walking boot after having ankle surgery and was still getting obscenities and, and objects hurled at her as we walked up the ramp. Like, Go Flyers! You! Yeah. Yo, go Flyers. Yo, the traffic on the Schuylkill is awful, yo. And on that note. <laughs> Delco's finest. Uh, for Lou, I'm Chris. Uh, we did it. Yep. Two this week. Two this week. I'm very proud of us. And we'll be back on Monday. You're going to the stadium, right? Uh, tomorrow and Saturday. I'll be here on Monday. So A's tomorrow, Rays Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday with more hijinks and hilarity and hopefully the Yankees with some more hits with runners in scoring position. How, how would that work out for you? Risp-tastic. The Yankees haven't been lowercase c risp in those situations. Chris. Okay, we'll see you. I, 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 bye, everybody. 